Hello, and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime with Kaylin and Elena. And it is our last podcast of the decade because you're now contractually obligated to say that about everything until New Year's Day, that this is the last whatever of the decade. Right. Not just the year. The decade, so it's like bigger. The decade. Also, I swear, (laughs) if I see anybody on New Year's Eve and they're like, see you next year, I might hit somebody. Punch them? Yes. Yeah, I don't blame you. Because I I can't with that. I know. So, did you have a good Christmas? I did. Did you? I did. I did. It was and a it was a long week. Yes. And now I'm in that weird in between. I don't know what day it is. I don't know my name. I'm bloated and <laughs> full of full of sugar and cheese and regret. So, it was a, I feel like it was a long week. I feel like a lot of things happened this week. Yeah. Holy shit, did a lot of things happen this week. I think so, too. You mean, like, news-wise? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. We got a lot to talk about. A lot sure. to talk about. So, and I wanted to start off, though, because we have, we've been asking people for ratings and reviews. Right. And we've been getting them. Right. And there is one, and I feel like we owe this person a personal apology. Okay. And so, they wrote a review. It just says, Brianna underscore Dill. And I just feel badly because they really didn't like the episode that we did. We're not sure which one it is. Right. It didn't specify which one it, it is. But it it was about, it had to do with a family member of theirs. Right. And that really makes me sad. And, you know, sometimes we do kind of throw these together. And I think we try to be upfront about that. Right. I will also say that we do try to find as many sources as we can and we do try to make sure that our sources are credible yes that you know we do vet them to the best of our ability and unfortunately sometimes there is a lot of conflict Mm -hmm. you know and we've talked about that on numerous occasions especially when they are older cases and we don't know but we just wanted to offer our apologies to you um we don't always have the time to put these together I guess as professionally as we would wish and we don't mean to be disrespectful right we are trying to get a story out there we are trying to make sure that people know about some of these cases and when we point out that there are discrepancies in the sources or that we're not sure exactly why they don't match up we're trying to do that, not to, sh- not out of like, what do I want to say, laziness on our part, mm-hmm. but just to let people out there know that there are conflicts in these cases and that does lead to frustration for people. So, but if we were offensive, we do wish to offer you our sincere apologies. And if you would like to email us and let us know what we could do to rectify this situation right. or address some of the problems that you felt, especially since this was a personal case. Right. We would really like to do that. I so agree. we do apologize. We we never want to be offensive. And I know sometimes we do joke and we can be sometimes maybe kind of flip. And we don't mean to do that disrespectfully. It's just that these are hard things to talk about. We right. both have very dark senses of humor. Right. And the way that we deal with trauma is sometimes to be humorous about it. Exactly. And I think especially for me personally, that's one of the things that helps me separate myself emotionally mm-hmm. because I am a very emotional person in general, no matter what kind of emotion it is. 
And so I think that's one of the humor in it is one of the things that helps me not dive my all right. of my emotions into this one yeah. case because everything that we talk about is devastating. Yes. We don't talk about happy things. Right. Here. And that's why sometimes too we break away from a strict chronological telling because we're trying to focus on some of the aspects of the case right. or some of the discrepancies or things that are bothering us mm -hmm. about the case. And we do sometimes bring in social issues that we feel like are having an impact on the case right. in various ways. So right. yeah, there's, you know, those are all of those things. But anyway, um, I'm really glad this day, getting back to the decade thing, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking my, my youngest was born in 2010 mm -hmm. and that was the highlight of the decade and it's all been downhill from there for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I just started thinking about that not, and I don't want to sound like ungrateful cause I, there's a lot of good things too, but I don't know. This has just been a really rough cycle. And now that I think about it, I don't know if I told you, but my mom and I went and saw a psychic oh, back in not, November. I did not yes. hear about this. And he told me that I was coming to the end of a very difficult cycle and that it, there was, I was at the threshold of something great. And so I'm like hoping that he's right because it has been like a rough cycle for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to be done with this. Yeah. It's been, it's so. been a rough one. So yeah. things that we've seen in the news. Yes. I, I feel like there's so much that has happened. Okay. Um, first of all, not news, Netflix things. Oh, <laughs> which is also kind of news because right. they do become, what do I, you know, you do like, they spark things in people. Correct. And so are we going to talk about Don't Fuck With Cats? I kind of want to. Okay, go for it. Well, so this is one of those cases that... I, because True Crime Garage did a podcast on Luca Magnata years ago. Okay. And so I know that I had listened to that episode, but I don't feel like I retained a drop of information on it. And then this uh, Netflix original show documentary called Don't Fuck With Cats shows up and I see a bunch of people like on my Facebook like, oh, this is such a great show. But nobody like explained was what it was about. Even in the description of it, it doesn't tell you anything. Right. No, there it's very mysterious almost. And so right. like I said, I started watching it. Did not make it very far in because they start showing the cat thing and mm -hmm. I don't want to give away too many mm -hmm. spoilers for people who haven't seen it, but I thought, oh no, they're gonna show something awful here. So I immediately clicked it off because animal cruelty is something I just cannot deal with. Right. And so, um, but then like Cheryl posted and you talked about, you know, and then a lot of people start to no, it's really good. Don't worry. They yeah. don't show it. Right. Um, but I think just even dealing with it. Right. You know. So the way that I ended up having to watch it is anytime that you could tell it was a home video that you knew something bad was going to uh -huh. happen. I didn't even look at the TV. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to have any thought about what's happening and it, because it's sad within the first couple of minutes I was crying mm -hmm. and then I like got my shit together and at first, um, my boyfriend was like sitting there and he was not going to watch it originally. And then he did cause he, we both just kind of got sucked into it. Mm -hmm. And the first couple of minutes he's like, is this fake? I was like, what? And he's like, just the way that they're talking. And he's like, this can't be real. But it's real. And then real. sure enough, yeah. it was fucking real. <laughs> I'm like, oh <laughs> my God. It is 
by far one of the best docu-series I've ever seen in my life. Wow, that's saying something. Because I know you've watched a lot a of lot them. A lot of them. And I think a lot of people, like I said, everything I have seen about it has been very, very positive. Right. So. And I know one of the big things is that his victim didn't get a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But I did say this on our discussion group on one of the posts because somebody did bring up that the victim was, it was just like the tiniest little blip in the whole series. Okay. And I was like, yeah, that does suck. Yeah. And you and I've talked about that with our own thing is that we often feel like we're not paying maybe enough homage or honor to the victims. Right. But that's also not always, I mean... There are stories out there to be made. I mean, I love stories of people who overcome things. Right. But that also wasn't the focus, maybe, of this particular mm-hmm. story. And that's another story to be told. Right. For sure. And also, how much time did the victim want, maybe? Do we know that? No, I'm okay. not sure. So, um, but one of the things that I said about it, about the victim not being acknowledged and talked about in depth, is that this docu-series I think was less about exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and more about the people behind it yeah that nobody listened to right and that this these things could have been stopped and that if people if law enforcement would have listened to the people that are telling you like this is who is doing these Mm -hmm. things which before is, it escalates the, to where it did. Right. And you and I have talked about this so often that we feel like off, you know, so often that law enforcement isn't responsive enough. Right. You know, and that's going to come into my case today that mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Um, and that we, is also kind of in a little bit going to come into what I'm talking right. about. And especially these things on social media. And yeah. I do understand that, you know, the internet and everything, you have a whole new set of problems when it comes to jurisdiction. Correct. Law enforcement jurisdiction, who's going to look, do this. And also, like we've said before, we need, you know, better trained law enforcement. We need more law enforcement. Uh-huh. We need less of this militarization of our law enforcement and much more of an investigative, let's find out, get the details. Right. And understand exactly what's happening. Right. So... So if you haven't, I would suggest to go watch Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix because it is really good. And just like a a warning, when you start seeing home videos, probably don't look at the TV. Okay. They don't show anything gruesome, I guess. But But you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I know this was very vague, but we don't want to give anything away. um, Because this is one of these cases because... That I feel like not a whole lot of people really knew anything about. Because I know that I listened to a podcast about it, but watching it, I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't remember. And all I could think of is, like, this dude's face looks so familiar. Mm -hmm. And that's all I could think about was, like, he looks familiar, but I don't know who the hell he is. Yeah. But And I just feel like, you know, anybody with (laughs) animal cruelty... Someone should go John Wick on them. I'm sorry, Correct. but I just, I do feel that way. Right. So. I love John Wick. I do too. Um, another thing is we, when we did the, my California case on um, Danny, oh my goodness, his last name <laughs> yes. flew out of my brain. Anyway, your California case. Yeah. Um, I did get the book. Daniel Hohenstein. Yes. Sorry. I got the book. 
I haven't opened it <laughs> because it's been a long week, a crazy week. But I did get that book from the FBI agent. I'm really excited to read it. I'm really excited too. So I'll let you I'm borrow it if you want. I would love to. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I think everything else that I wanted to talk about, I have can't talk about yet. Because it's in your it case. Because it involves okay. my stuff. Well, that I will take over. Yes. So originally I was going to update my Jennings Ake. Your Jennings Ake case. Was this also kind of weird that I'm <laughs> updating your case? Right. But it's fine. There's just so much that I'm trying to pull together. Right. And um, there have been developments with it and adjacent to it. And I want to make sure that I feel like I'm doing it justice. And um, with, like you said, this week, Christmas, we, you know, it's just been hectic. I've had very little time to kind of sit and focus. And so I am actually doing a case that is much closer to home for right. both of us because it's right here in Idaho. Correct. And we like it, like doing these, you know. And this is also topics. something that we've kind of posted about and talked about on our discussion group. So yes. if you guys want to know about these things that we talk about that doesn't make it onto any of our episodes, just join our discussion group and you can join all the fun. Yes, yes. So, and also because this came first out of a town where I lived for 10 years, Rexburg, Idaho, which is over in southeastern Idaho. And I don't think people understand what a weird community it is. No, when I think of Rexburg, all I think is... Uh, Mormon college. Right, well, it is. It's 98% Mormon. Right, and then it's, they've got the college there. Correct? Yes, they yeah. have. It used to be... BYU. It used to be Rick's College, and it was a, a two-year junior college, mm -hmm. and now it is a four-year college, and the name was changed to BYU-Idaho, so it's the Idaho campus of BYU down in Provo. Provo is a much larger campus, and it's a larger community, but they are both incredibly Mormon. Mormonism infuses everything in the town in right. a way that I think is not necessarily healthy. I'm right. not a fan of overly homogenous communities. I think that leads to a lot of issues and we're going to talk about some of those today. So we are talking about the two missing children, Joshua J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. Right. And the fact that this case did not set off alarm bells everywhere everywhere much earlier than it did correct is one of those that i think it's i do think it's a combination of bad police work mm -hmm. it is this stupid homogenous religious crap which i'm going to talk about mm -hmm. um and also we another rant that i give often especially in the state of idaho is the lack of protection and care for children yep. in this state in particular i think it's a nationwide problem um, but our state is particularly egregious in this so these children were last seen on the 23rd of september 2019 and nobody heard about it until december Right. right. And, well, it's not that nobody necessarily heard about it. Let, we'll get right, through sorry, this. So, sorry. Yeah. So let me get through my timeline here. So this case starts off, like I said, with alarm bells. Mm -hmm. So this woman, Lori Vallow, to me, should have been on cops' radar a long time ago. She has an ex-husband who is the father of Tylee, her 17-year-old daughter who's missing, who died in 2018 of a heart attack at a fairly young age. I believe that death should go back. They're going to end up going back maybe and reinvestigating that death. Her ex-husband? Yes. So that's her first husband that dies in 2018. Now, they were divorced, uh -huh. 
And she was remarried to a guy named Charles Vallow, who on July 11th was shot and killed in front of the children by her brother, Alex Cox. And the police in interviews do the stereotypical, well, it was a family argument and it got out of control and it was self-defense, we think. But it was still being investigated. I will say that. So this happens July 11th. All right. Like I said, the kids witness it. Um, Alex Cox claims self-defense. And like I said, her first husband had died of a heart attack in 2018, also in his 40s. I mean, you know, not that old, especially for a heart attack. This happens down in Chandler, Arizona, which, by the way, I think most people are familiar with the large number of Mormons in Idaho and Utah, maybe not as familiar that there's also quite a few Mormons in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And part of this is what's known as the Mormon Corridor, which extends up, excuse me, through the Southwest all the way up into Canada. And it's a corridor and you can track um, like, you know, a lot of Mormon communities that were founded by Mormons or have a large percentage of Mormon influence historically, if maybe sometimes it's faded in uh, more modern times. But this was a result when Brigham Young and the Mormons settled in the Salt Lake Valley. um, One of the first things that Brigham Young did was immediately started sending people out as well to go and found other communities throughout the West. So like I said, that's led to this, this Mormon corridor as it's known. So um, somehow at some point, and this I, not sure about just couldn't find enough information since this is a breaking case there's a lot of little bits and pieces floating around out there um Lori Vallow ends up in Rexburg Idaho but um I'll get back there in a minute so on we're gonna skip for a moment now from Lori Vallow her two children which are the ones that are missing Mm -hmm. now Kylie her 17-year-old daughter, um, her last name is Ryan, Kylie Ryan. Right. Like I said, that's from this first marriage where the husband died freakishly young of a heart attack. Okay. And then there's Joshua J.J. Vallow, who is seven mm-hmm. and has autism and was adopted. Right. So, um, so like I said, so the, we're going to leave July 11th the death of her second husband in front of the children shot by her brother, Alex Cox. And we're going to jump to October 4th. And now we're bringing in a couple, Chad and Tammy Daybell. Mm -hmm. Now, Tammy Daybell and Chad Daybell have been married for quite a while, living in Rexburg. Chad Daybell, for 20 years, has been writing these kind of survivalist, end-of-day sorts of books that are well-known throughout the Mormon community, okay? And so just so our listeners understand, the LDS Church, the Mormon Church, believes that, as do many Christian churches, that Jesus Christ is coming back bodily. There's going to be the second coming, the end of days. And you do have this very strong faction in the church that always thinks it's going to happen every mo- any moment, you know. And, of course, the world's going to erupt into chaos and you need to be prepared. This is why Mormons traditionally have always taught, like, about having, you know, a year's supply of food in storage. And they're very big on storage and 
being prepared for these end times. And that's always been a very big part of the Mormon church. Don't <laughs> let anyone tell you otherwise. Because I know. So on October 4th, Tammy Daybell drives from Rexburg to her parents' home in Springville, Utah. My understanding is that's where she was from. And her parents say that, you know, she arrives, they have a visit. She's healthy, she's well, she's doing great, right? She's down there, I guess, a couple days, whatever, heads back up to Rexburg. And two weeks later, on the 19th of October, her husband Chad calls and tells them that she had gone to bed coughing and died. She's 49 years old. Now, this brings in another bizarre thing about the state of Idaho. All right. So first of all, this woman is 49 years old, healthy, has no lingering diseases or, you know, things that we know of. And now she's dead. Right. Her husband has the right to a refuse an autopsy. Which he does, of course, because Clearly. he killed her, right? We know this. Um, so he's allowed to refuse the autopsy. And here's the other thing. Do you know what it, what the requirements are to be a coroner in the state of Idaho? Probably fucking nothing. You have to be 21 years old. Okay. And you have to have lived in the county in which you are running for the office for one year. That's it. So you don't need to like have any experience or like go no. to school for anything? No, no. And so just so our listeners are, you're right, the coroner is the one who says, this, this is, is the cause of death. Right. You have to be 21 years old and you're elected to the office. So you have to have lived in the county for which you are the coroner for a year before you were elected. That's it. And... Fuck? Family members can refuse an autopsy. I didn't know that family members could refuse an autopsy. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? So is that that lovely? Also, why do coroners not need to have any sort of schooling? And Idaho, as bizarre and crazy as we are, we're not the only state that's this bad. I would imagine we're not. Yeah, there, there are all kinds. I When I was doing research, there's so many articles out, out there about just how ridiculous our system is in this country. And it just makes you think that there's, <laughs> there must be so many people who get murdered or, you know what I mean? That their death should probably be investigated that from the get go, there's just no investigation. Cause you have these coroners who have no medical training at all. I, so all I can think about is me ending up being like a coroner and like the first time a dead body comes in, they're like, <laughs> how'd they die? Murder. Like, what, did I, what am I supposed no, to do? You, you'd be murder. They were murdered. Probably. Every time. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, so she, Ta uh, Tammy Daybell, dies on the 19th of October. She is buried down in Springville, Utah, where her parents live. And two weeks after Tammy's death, Chad marries Laurie Vallow. Yep. And so he has been a widower for all of two weeks. She's been a widow for about three months and they marry right there. And again, I do have to say, believe it or not, that's not that unusual in Mormon culture, right? You do have, especially men when their wives die, have a very, very low turnover of time of remarrying for myriad reasons. So, but still weird, but again, nobody says anything. So, she and her two children 
are living with Chad. And apparently they do enroll them in public schools there in Rexburg. So, um, which given some of the other things they're involved with, is that have, yeah, that have since come in. Um, and so the last time those children are seen, and apparently the last time they're seen is at school from what I could find, was on, the, was on September 23rd. Okay. So they actually disappear before these guys marry because Tammy dies in October of this year. The children were last seen September 23rd. And then these two marry in October, I guess, because, well, they, they marry right around two weeks. So I'm assuming so, it was still the month of October when they married. So that right there is also weird. This just popped up. Yeah. So did they enroll them in schools in Rexburg yes. to like cover their own asses that I, our kids well, are missing? The kids were there though, but because from what I saw, you know, just, and it was just a blurb. It said the children were last seen at school on September 23rd. So this Laurie Vallow had moved up, was living in Rexburg from Chandler, Arizona after her brother shot her first husband. How and why she ends up there, I'm not 100% sure. I will tell you that both Laurie Vallow and this Chad Daybell were associated with this Preparing a People group, which I was actually gonna talk about a little bit later here. Um, I know that Laurie Vallow had actually done a podcast for them and Chad Daybell had done speaking engagements and his books had been promoted by them. So maybe they had met through that is my assumption. I'm just really confused on how they went, how the kids went missing before they got married and moved to <coughs> Or did she move direct? No, she had moved to Rexburg. I don't know. That's the one thing I could we not don't know when I could not find the date anywhere gotcha. in okay. any of the articles or anything when she moved up there. Okay. 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 Gotcha. So, so like I said, there's a lot of things that are going to, I think, come to light and be put together. Right. So she moves up there sometime after her husband is killed on July 11th. Okay. These kids are in school. They're last seen. I uh, okay. They're last okay. seen September twenty third, and then Tammy Daybell dies October nineteenth. Two weeks after that, Laurie Vallow and Chad Daybell marry. Okay. Okay. But the okay. kids had not been seen since, since September. Okay. Right. Okay. It's clicking now. Things <clears throat> right. are clicking. Yes. Now on the twenty sixth of November, family members are concerned because they have not heard from Tylee nor from JJ. Now, right. as we said, JJ had autism, mm -hmm. which as you know, you know, many autistic people, they like repetitive sorts of behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I saw an interview with his grandmother. I'm assuming, I think this was her parents because the last name was Woodcock. Okay. And I'm assuming that's probably her maiden name. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, that grandmother said that, you know, if you called JJ, he always called you back. And he would call repetitively. He loved to talk on the phone. And they had heard nothing from him. So on the 26th of November, they called the Rexburg police and asked them to do a welfare check on these children because nobody's seen them. Now, here's where I say we have some issues here. Because these children were obviously enrolled in school. Mm -hmm 
had not been seen since September 23rd. Mm-hmm. How do you go from September 23rd to November 26th and nobody has said anything that these children have not been seen for two months? Right. I mean, even if there was an illness or whatever that was keeping them out of school, the schools, there should have been something going on. But we don't have any, there's no mandatory state requirement for attendance school mm-hmm. attendance in this state. Right. Um, there's all kinds of issues here. And so. like, wouldn't that ring bells in, for people at the school? Like, why haven't these kids But there's nothing school? a school can do. Yeah. Like I said, we can't... There's no enforcement. Like, so even at, say, our local high school, you know, like we have a policy, right, that if you miss more than eight days, you have to petition for your credits, right? right? But... The state has no requirement that, oh, if you miss so many days, you lose your credit. Nothing like that. Hmm. So, um, anyway, so the welfare check is requested. The Rexburg police apparently do visit the home. And at first they're told that the children are down in Arizona. They And there was a brief phone call interview with the Rexburg police where the guy says on the phone, we, we got the runaround. So they were being lied to. They were told, no, the children are here. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was this constant. It seems like anyone who asks was given a different answer as to where the children were. Right. Which is already suspicious. Yes. And then a guy named Brandon Boudreaux, who had married into Lori's family. I think they said he was a brother-in-law or something like that. He was married to her cousin. Her cousin? Was yes. that it? Okay. He did the interview on the... Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. He was married to her cousin. And he said that he felt like they were involved with a cult, which is where this comes in. Cult-like religion, I think is what Well, which is a bunch of crap. Because this preparing a people thing, and they have tried to cover their butts now, by the way, but... Um, If you go on their website, they do have a statement that they have published, but they have sponged everything about Chad Daybell and Laurie Barrow off of their website. Like they're trying to pretend they, you know, that they weren't involved, right? That they had nothing to do with them. And so I took a picture. They said, we are a small... So they released this statement on December 26th. They being the preparing... The, yes, preparing a people. So they run a podcast. They give talks. They said, we are a small multimedia company, Color My Media, that has provided services to a variety of clients for about seven years. Preparing a people was a series of lecture events focusing on self-reliance and personal preparation. These provided several LDS Mormon, that's Mormon people, speakers and authors, and educational forum. Associated with these events were podcasts, videos, and websites used to advertise and distribute some of their content. Oops, sorry, hold on. I lost my place here. Uh, Chad Daybell was an author and began publishing books over 20 years ago under the name of Spring Creek Book Company. He spoke at some of the Preparing a People events, but had no ownership in it, nor was he a founder. And it goes on. So if you want to, you can go to their website and read this in its entirety. What pissed me off about this is, like I said, obviously they are trying to 
lessen their association with these people when you know good and well they've been in thick and tight with them. Right. And that's what irritates me. And then they have also tried to do the whole, we're not associated with any religion. But when you go to their website at the very top, it's like Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, End of Days, like all of this stuff that is very, very infused in Mormon culture. And they even said on there that right. they do lectures and podcasts and with stuff for LDS, LDS authors. authors. Like so, you, you specifically point, like, yeah. Yes. So, okay, so let me get back. So, anyway, that's them. Um, so the the welfare check was called in and people were getting these conflicting reports. Um, sorry, like November I lost my... 26th. November 26th. Yes. And as of the 27th of November, the very next day, police believe that they hurriedly packed and left their home and are now on the run. Right. And then the FBI was called because in. Because they did get search warrants yes. the next day. Mm -hmm. And they went the next day with search warrants to get into the house. And both Lori and Chad were, were gone. gone. And it, you, they could tell that they had hurriedly packed and all of yep. that stuff. So they called in the FBI, thank God. On the 11th of December, Tammy Daybell's body was exhumed. We still don't have any information on that. Like, no they have results. Result or, yes. Yeah, and, the and, autopsy results exactly. have And on the 12th of December, Alex Cox, Lori Vallow's brother, who shot and killed her first husband, is dead. Yep. And they have released... No information about his death. We don't know if it was suicide, was he murder, you know, none he, of that. Just that he's dead. He's dead. That's all we know. Right. Police are not releasing any other details. And on the 24th of December, these nut jobs have an attorney. And I don't know what attorney would work for people like this. I mean, honestly, I get the whole idea that everyone deserves an attorney, but releases some, you know, bullshit statement about, oh, she's a great mom and blah, blah, yeah, whatever. I'm not even going to dignify that with yeah. the response. But, um, like I said, this just, this case is infuriating. Um, and it leads to a lot of things that, you know, ch how do children go missing for two months? Like you said, they don't show up at school. And that doesn't raise any red flags. It's not until, like I said, the grandparents specifically ask for this welfare check. Right. And again, it's because schools in this state have no power. No, Like we have kids. I have to tell you, I've had kids flow in and out of my classes all the time. I This is shameful to say. I mean, often I'll at least you know, ask like the counselors or the, you know, admin, hey, do you know anything about this? But very often these kids just come in and leave and we have almost no information. Right. And it is horrible. It's a horrible thing. Right. So with this case, it it's insane that <laughs> you've got a dead wife, two dead husbands, <coughs> a dead brother, and two missing <coughs> children. And it's just a coincidence? Right. No. They did something here. Yeah. Well, and like I said, you know, just off the bat with her, two dead husbands within the span of a year. The, right. You know, getting shot in front of the kids. That, to me, there's a level there of just, you know, wrongness and weirdness. Um, I feel like this preparing a people thing is going to become a scapegoat because I do feel like the, what do I want to say? So the quote unquote official Mormon church 
really likes to push these sorts of things onto, oh, this was just a cult. Yes, but this is a cult that you, like this Chad Daybell has been writing these books for 20 years. I And he's a member in good standing of your church. Okay. Why haven't you addressed, and I saw this, all, Rexburg was rife with this. You had people who were saying and doing the most outrageous things, and they were still members in good standing. Their bishops weren't calling them in and saying, hey, dude, you need to calm down here. Right. You know what I mean? This is allowed to thrive because it is a part of the religion. Right. I'm sorry, but it is. This whole thing that has come out with the church sitting on over $100 billion that they have stockpiled that was supposed to be fast offerings, which are supposed to go. You are expressly told when you're a Mormon and you pay your fast offerings that that is going to help the poor. How the hell is that help helping the poor when you've been stockpiling it since the mid-90s? Right into a slush fund of over a hundred billion dollars. Anyway, anger, lots and lots of anger. This case is not going to end well. Uh, those children, I, I, I hate to say this. They're not going to be found alive. I do not think this is going to have a happy ending in any way. Neither do I. Shape or form. Well, in my boyfriend and, and Alex I Cox did not kill her husband in self-defense and he either killed himself out of some sort of protecting her or they're on the run and they killed him. I don't know. I think he probably killed himself. I don't think that he wanted to be any more involved in once he realized that shit was happening with his sister. I don't like, I mean, all of this is speculation and we don't know how this is going to play out, but I think none of it's going to be good. Yeah. No, uh, my boyfriend and I were actually talking about it not long before I came over to record and I had shown him, one of the news clippings from it. And he, that was the first thing out of his mouth was they're not going to be found alive. No. Mm -mm. Not being missing this long. And especially where none of the family members know where they are. Right. You know what I mean? And as much as you, you know, like this preparing whatever group, like I said, I think they're dangerous mm -hmm. because I think the stuff that they tell people, when you fill people's heads with this whole apocalyptic, the world's going to end, because that was the same bullshit that David Koresh believed. Mm -hmm. That was the whole bullshit that Charles Manson was preaching. You know, that this is what people preach to get people all kinds of riled up and to control them and to be like, you know, now you have to do what we say so you'll be on, you know, so you get saved and nothing bad happens to you. There's definitely that, but I don't get the feeling that they were as organized a network as something like Koresh. Do you know right. what I mean? Where they're all to get, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I feel like a lot of this quote unquote cult talk. Yes. I do believe that there are strands of it here. Mm -hmm. Cause I think there's strands of it in any of this apocalyptic thinking. Um, but I do think this is a deflection technique. So it's like Mormonism can, distance itself from this right if that makes sense so but yeah here you go i'm i'm just waiting for more information on this one i know but i thought <sighs> I, it was just too crazy it's too close to home not to talk about it so. right and and it has just like every little bit of information because first it was just the kids were missing right you know and then it just trickles and tr and every piece of information that has come out of this has been weirder and weirder right. and has made you think how the hell were alarm bells not ringing months ago yeah so <sighs> <sighs> 
Oh, I hope they find the kids. Me too. I hope they find the parents. I hope we are 100% wrong and those kids are stashed somewhere and they're going to be found. And I hope Chad and Laurie end up rotting in prison for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. But other than that, we'll see. Yeah. But it's rough. It is rough. It's a crazy... There's so much shit happening mm -hmm. that it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah. And that is one that we've talked about quite a bit has been posted on our discussion group yes, about that yeah. case. Yes, people, as, as these things have trickled out, right. people have been posting and updating because you just keep going, what, what, you know? And right. then when I heard that her brother was dead, I was like, oh my, you know, come on, this is just, it's, right. it's like a movie, it's like a lifetime movie. For kind real. Of a thing, yeah. It's just so unbelievable mm -hmm. that it is exactly like yes. a lifetime yeah. movie. yeah. So. They'll probably make a lifetime movie out of it. <laughs> or Netflix or somebody. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, we want to wish you all a very, very happy new year. And by the next time you hear from us, my birthday will have passed. <gasps> you have a birthday coming up? Yeah, on I, Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I just forget that, that you're a new year baby. Uh, yeah. That's it kind of sucks. I hate, you know, I used to love it. I used to love my birthday being on New Year's because... When I was a kid and like my dad was in the military and everything, we never had, we didn't really have a whole lot of like birthday parties for, for me and my sister and I have, our birthdays are only like a week, a little less than a week apart. And so our birthday parties were normally smushed together, but my parents always had New Year's Eve parties. Oh. And with my dad being in the military and he'd bring like all his airmen friends to our, this party. And I, as a child, always thought it was a birthday party. Um, mostly because once it like hit midnight and all of these airmen and everything are drunk and then they find out it's my birthday and they're like, Oh, it's this little girl's birthday cash. And yeah. they just like pull their wallets out. Oh and my gosh. Cash. Hey, way to go. Right. So your parents were smart. Lick her up. <laughs> tell them it's her daughter's birthday. And all she'll do is just get a bunch That's of cash. Right. But now it's like, I don't feel like I ever actually celebrate my birthday. We celebrate New Year's. Yeah. But I don't ever feel like it's my birthday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Welcome to your house drunk and give you cash. <laughs> Success. So anyway, so happy birthday to Kaylin and happy new year to our listeners. And please do email us at stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, don't bother checking out our Instagram because Ooh, I've done lies. nothing. I've oh. done Instagram's mine. You're oh, you Twitter. do Instagram. Oh, yeah, Twitter. I, I've I haven't been on done Instagram Twitter. like a little bit. Okay, and I haven't done anything with our Twitter. Um, we are pretty good with our Facebook yes. uh, discussion group, though, and we have lots of awesome people who also post and comment there. So let us know your thoughts, and as always, thank you for listening. And if you're listening on an Apple product, make sure you go in and rate and review us. All right, bye.